Warning, the following podcast may contain spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. Oh, I get it. Since you have no way of tracking this water psycho, you plan to use me as bait, right? Right. Okay, I'll help you. On one condition. You help me break my brother out of the Argus facility where they're holding him. Prison break. I'm in. Welcome in, Primers, to this issue number 80 of the DC Primetime Podcast from the Showcast Spotlight here on the Next Level Podcast Network. I am Ben Beck. And from the Gapping Crew cast of Pods, I am Rob Martin. And when you are listening to this, you will be uh, on the eve of Halloween. So we wish you a happy Halloween, of course, for this week, one of my personal favorite holidays of the year, uh, which was uh, uh, pretty much proven at your party yesterday. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, man. I had a great time. Well, not only that, but we did a Facebook Live from mm-hmm. the from the page or uh, from your party last night, in case you missed it. Uh, which is it's still up on the Facebook page, DC Primetime slash Facebook Live, and you can see that Rob and I both sported DC related costumes this year. Uh, mm-hmm. You breaking out your Robin costume again, and me going uh, full on Riddler. Yeah, and it looked good too, man. You look great. So. Thank you. I put, uh, not completely homemade, but I put a lot of effort into the shopping and, and the choosing and money of the, into and the, the shopping. Costume. Yes. <laughs> so. uh, but no, it was a lot of fun and I really enjoyed wearing it and I, I can't wait to, uh, to wear it again to, to work this week and for Halloween this week. And that's awesome. It was fun. Good stuff, man. So, um, yeah, so we're, we're not going to waste much time. We got four shows to talk about this week, as well as a couple news stories that we'll get to at the end. Light um, on the news this week. Very yeah. light. So. Uh, we'll plug Extra Life again towards the end of the podcast, as we usually do, uh, at least leading up into it. And then I have a chore that I want to put out to the, um, uh, to the primers out there. I want your help in helping me decide something. As uh, as we announced, I'll do it right now because it's not going to take very long. Okay. Uh, as I announced last week, I'm officially headed back to Atlanta with Heroes and Villains Fan Fest uh, for another con to moderate. And I have been told uh, that this time around, since I've done so many panels and I've helped with so many Fan Fests at this point, I get my own walk-on music. So uh, there's another moderator, a fellow moderator for FanFest, who comes out to Back in Black by ACDC, which is a great choice, and it sucks that I can't use it. Uh, But that being said, I need help. I need to come up with walkout music for when I walk out on stage, when my name is introduced and I walk out there. I need a song. Oh, I got a song for you already, man. (laughs) (laughs) Do you really? Yes. Uh, From the Flash and Supergirl musical crossover, I'm your super friend. (laughs) Oh, I didn't even think about that. 
That would be oh. fantastic. Because the because the the restrictions are that it has to it cannot be a theme song from a show. Because uh, that's usually reserved for the guests if they use the guests. And it has to be something available on iTunes. And that falls into both of those categories. It's not a theme song and it is available on iTunes. So I could use that. You could. And it's just a fun song. It is. So I want to put it out there to the primers as well. If you guys have any ideas to something I could walk out on stage with, please post it on the Facebook page. Again, facebook.com slash DC Primetime. And let me know because I want to hear what your suggestions are. And you never know. I might use it depending on uh, what they are. And it could be anything. It could be anything from, um, I want to say the John Williams Superman theme, but I don't know if we can use it. Uh, but could it, it could be something from Metallica. It could be something more recent. Uh, you know, post your suggestions. Let us know what you think. Uh, but in the meantime, and you got a couple weeks. I'm not going out there until November 18th is the week out. So we got about, I think, two more weeks to make your suggestion. Is it two weeks? Uh... Two think yeah uh, it's yep. about two, three almost three yeah almost three but two weeks before we record so two more podcasts after this one uh two more episodes of dc prime done uh in, in, after this one to talk about it but let's jump into the shows and let's get right to it first with our rankings of each of, of the episodes this week starting off first with supergirl season three episode three rob sidekick hero or legend I haven't done this yet so far for Supergirl, but this one's getting a legend for me. So, uh, okay, um, I'm going hero again. I had a couple, uh, one issue in particular that I had with this that kind of turned me off of the episode a little bit, uh, and it relates to another issue we've had with another one before, mm-hmm. uh, with the show before. But we'll get into that when we start doing the breakdowns. Uh, next up, we have the Flash season four episode three. I'm gonna kick this one off. It's been three in a row. It's legend for me again this week. Yeah, I'm going legend again on this one too. So I'm right there with you. Flash is easily becoming my favorite of all of these again this season. The shows this season have just been so much fun, and this what this week's episode was no exception mm. at all. Uh, Legends of Tomorrow, Season 3, Episode 3, Sidekick, Hero, or Legend? Uh, it's slipping down to a hero for me this week, so... No, I'm right there with you. It's a hero for me as well. Not anything that blew me away, but nothing horrible. Nothing. No, no. It, it was just uh, yeah. Uh, I expected a little bit more uh, when we met Zari, and uh, felt like I was a little let down. But we'll get into that. Yeah, and of course we have Arrow season six, episode three, sidekick, hero, or legend. This one is getting a hero for me as well. So, uh, I think this is the first time I'm giving this one a hero this season as well. Some some definite high points, but. Uh, you know, obviously a couple issues that we need to discuss when we, uh, when we talk about it. Mm -hmm. Uh, so let's go into the breakdown, starting first with Supergirl season three, episode three titled far from the tree. Maggie reaches out to her estranged father when Eliza throws her and Alex a wedding shower while Supergirl joins John on a personal mission. Uh, so right off the bat, obviously we're getting a mission to Mars. Uh, one of the notes I wrote down is the the Arnold Schwarzenegger line from Total Recall: "Is get your ass to Mars." Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so uh, two main stories that are running across, running through this episode. We get to see John and Ma- uh, John and Kara heading to Mars, and of course, we see more of what looks to be a doomed relationship now. Yes, uh, between uh, very Alex doomed. and Maggie. Yeah. Uh, let's jump into that because I think there's that. That's actually where one of my biggest issues lies with this episode, uh, and I think it probably won't take as much time to talk about as the 
the Mars part because the Mars right. part actually I was very pleased with. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's the Alex and Maggie part that is um, is is really gave this a negative turn. Um, and I'll jump right into that. One of the issues we had, or I think in particular you had with one of the Arrow episodes last season was the fact that the show got a little too political in its gun control. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was putting out a message of, you know, of the gun control uh, and, you know, choosing a side is a little bit risky and you were kind of along the lines of they didn't choose a side and that was why it got a little bit of a negative response from you. Yeah. Um, Obviously, immigration, building the immigration wall, um, referring to immigrants as uh, rapists and murderers and everything is something that's very prevalent in our society right now in the U.S. Uh, And that was something that was brought very much to the forefront of this episode. Mm -hmm. And I know I'm kind of hypocritical in this point because – well, no, actually, I'm not. I, when it came to Arrow, I was actually pleased with the fact that they didn't choose a side. Because if you do, you turn off part of your fan base who may agree with the other side of that argument. Right. Uh, and this goes right along with that. It seems like in Supergirl, they chose a side. Well, yeah, they chose a side last year. I mean, Christ, like, the. I mean, look at the last two episodes of season two, the titles. They nevertheless, she persisted and all this. I mean... You know, there's been a lot of digs on the to the conservatives um, throughout Supergirl since season two. Like they've leaned into it fairly heavily. Yeah. Um, but I do agree with you. I think the statement that you see from Maggie's father this week pushed it a little far. Uh, and and it's and I when I say this, I don't want this to come across that I'm a conservative and I'm hating this show because of the points that they're making. Because I'm not. I'm. Uh, you know, political views aside, I'm, I'm an independent. I, there's things I agree with, and I actually agree with the statements that he's making. Yeah. You know, I hate the fact that we're that you know these people in our country are referred to in this way by our president or whoever. But when you choose a side like this and you make a political statement like this, you tend to isolate other people. Um, I think shows like this need to stay away from things like that. Um, because again, you're going to isolate your fan base. You're going to turn off part of your fan base, even if it's just certain things. I understand why they did it because you add the family element into the reasons why this relationship is doomed to fail. But I think this is just, I I just think as far as this political statement went, I think they should have tamed this down. You should have just left it as in Maggie's father has an issue with her being a lesbian and you should have just left it at that. Yeah. And, And not going as far far into it as they did. Yeah, I mean, I I, I can understand what they were doing, and I, I, I do commend them for saying, we have a message that we're doing with our show. People may not like it, and props to them for having the balls to do it, but again, it does potentially cause a problem with your fan base. Yeah. Um, and they gotta be prepared and ready to respond and answer. It didn't seem like I saw anything in any kind of message boards or anything blow up about that. Uh, I'm sure if you look on Reddit, I'm sure there was got to be a thread or two about that on the Supergirl page. Guarantee it. Ban Supergirl. Yeah. Um, But you know what? Ultimately, it's kind of like, um, you know, this takes me back to something Kevin Smith said during a Q&A years and years and years ago where somebody made it was a a lesbian got up in in the auditorium and talked about a comment about what, you know, Chasing Amy stood for. And it was kind of like, hey, that's. (laughs) <laughs> I know exactly. Bullshit. I know exactly the comment you're thinking of is that every lesbian needs a good deep, and I'll leave it at that. Yeah, 
Uh, and he made the comment and said, hey, well, listen, you have to understand that statement comes from the character that is the one that's not mentally adjusted. Um, and you can kind of see the the statement that was made in this episode of Supergirl was coming from a character that was not likable and probably a one-off character that you're going to see one and done. Um, it, I think it's a little bit different if that message came from somebody like Alex or uh, you know Maggie or if it came from Kara or James or somebody like that. Then there's, I think, a harder impact. But the fact that it came from a character like this uh, kind of let me brush it off. But when that happened, I'm like, oh, well, that was a dig. Um, and it, But it made me say that uh, out loud. I'm like, it was just kind of like, I don't know if that was the smartest thing to write, but I understand what they're doing. Yeah, I mean, and, and again, it's it's not a huge deal, but it was enough that when that when that um, when that thing when that happened in this episode, it really struck. It didn't struck a nerve because again, I'm not against. It took what, me out of the show. It did, and that's exactly that's a, the best way I could put it is that it did. It took me out of the episode, and because of that, I couldn't give it any more than a hero. Fair, I understand that. Uh, now, personally, I, the reason I went Legend is I did love like that part aside because that was a big dig for me that I'm like, it, it was a near perfect episode uh, because I loved what they did with Maggie and her father and watching that story play out. But I also love the fact that it played off amazingly, too, with John and his father. Um, and we got to see two out- different outcomes. And I thought it was going to be flipped the other direction. Um, so I thought Maggie and her father were going to reconcile and John and his father were not going to, and it was very much the opposite. Um, but I, I think, you know, the way that they played that off together and it was a very family focused episode. And I think, um, you know, it was, it was impressive to see and you see cars really, and everybody else, the normal cast is kind of in the background, but I really love that they gave John a chance to really shine here. And I think this was David Harewood's best performance. Um, that moment where you see him and his father in this episode, back in their old home in Mars. Oh, my God. Was one of the most touching moments I think this show has ever done. And I yeah. mean, it was phenomenal. And it was that moment that I'm like, this, I can't not give this a legend because of what they did with the Mars sequences alone. Uh, and, yeah, the, the the conservative bash that they threw in was rough, but the rest of the stuff they did still with Maggie and her father does really correlate amazingly to what it's like sometimes when you don't get along with your family in real in the real world. Um, so I think they did a really beautiful job with this episode, and they did some really great things. And I, I really commend them for writing a really good subplot this week that had nothing to do with the major overhaul of the season for something that could have been a one-off. Just it is a one-off and done episode. Uh, I, I really think this was this was Supergirl on top this week. Uh, I, I don't think I've seen them feel this good and this confident in a while. Okay. I mean, yeah, but I mean, it, it just goes to show you, too, how much that, that particular element of this episode took me out of the episode. Is the fact Is the fact that when you brought up, you know, the comparisons of Maggie dealing with her father and John dealing with his father, I didn't even pick up on that until you just mentioned it. Mm. Like, that's how much out of this episode I was. And I even rewatched it, and I still didn't make that connection because I was t- already taken out of the episode so far by that. Fair. So, but I do agree with you. That scene with uh, with John and his father is one of the most touching scenes, and I do completely agree with you that this is probably one of David Harewood's best performances on this show. Uh, but so, I mean, let, wrap up again with the Maggie and Alex. It, it just seems like every episode we're getting a new element of something that's against the two of them, and it seems like I, I'm not maybe two or three episodes before I think this is finally going to come to a collapse. 
Uh, I think they did say she only had like five or six episodes for this season in total. So uh, I would not be surprised if we see before we hit the crossover, uh, that's done. I mean, again, it's the same issue. It's the kids thing. Uh, that's the big, big, big issue that they brought up last week's episode. Now this one, and you know that's going to be the driving wedge against them. Uh, you're, I think you're going to see that play out in a big, bad way. And I wouldn't be surprised if Kevin Smith's episode, which is number five, right? Yeah, number five. Yep. I have a feeling maybe that's one of the last appearances we see with Maggie because he did such a great job with them last year um, focusing on, on their relationship. And I wouldn't be surprised if it's his episode that ends it. So. No, I, I I wouldn't be uh, I wouldn't be surprised at that either. Especially so she's not uh, Maggie is not in the credits for next week's episode, but she is for number five. So we'll we'll see. That could be potentially the end for Alex and Maggie. Yeah, and I think if anybody can write that one, or not write that, but make those performances shine uh, really wonderfully, is Kevin. Uh, I, I really think he's gonna he's, he would be the right call for that that final moment for them. Yeah, I, I agree with that completely. Uh, let's switch gears and let's talk a little bit more about the Mars aspect of it. Uh, starting off first in the beginning of the episode, John's car. Oh, that was so good. <laughs> that was How awesome. good was that, man? I loved that. I love that idea. It's like, you know, it's like we're, we're, we're going the old fashioned way. And you're like, that's like a 1950s caddy. And yes, please. I would love to have that. <laughs> absolutely. But I uh, love they had that. That is a shape shifting car. That is a badass looking ship. And it even comes back into play a little bit later on in the episode as well. Oh, such uh, a good scene too. <laughs> <laughs> with uh, yeah, with which was one of your uh, your runner ups for the line of the week this week was the whole aspect of of Kara coming into the scene in the car again. But yeah, it's it's such a great way to to get them to Mars and to be able to you know to get there with a ship that uh, uh, with a car that turns into a ship, which is so cool. And just not even that, but just the lines that John says, like, hey, watch the leather. Yeah, yeah. You know, these are all <laughs> things you would say in a classic car like this. And he's treating this car and his ship as if it's a classic. And it truly is, if you think about it. Yeah, that was, it was a beautiful sequence. And it was great to see that element of fun there. I love when Harewood is not just the stoic type. Like I said, we got so much emotion out of him this week and a couple jokes, and it just worked. Uh, but it was great to see him again, again, I, you know, watching the new resistance movement happening on Mars with the White Martians, uh, which was a really interesting subplot. It was really cool to see uh, how this going to play out. And I really am looking forward to it and hope they get back to them at some point in time this season, because it seemed like we could get some cool things from that. So, yeah, not only that, but I would like to see McGann return to Earth at some point as mm -hmm. well uh, and join the fight with whatever's coming their way, probably maybe closer towards the second half of the season. Uh, if not later, I think obviously we're going to get uh, more stuff with um, Monel coming into the fray soon. I think he's going to be returning back probably at some point sometime soon. Mm. Uh, at least I would think so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it doesn't look like she's scheduled to appear anytime soon. But that could also be just because IMDb doesn't update. IMDb has gotten in the habit lately of only updating a couple episodes ahead, which is good. Mm -hmm. You can't look too far ahead for spoilers on right. IMDb anymore. But yeah, I mean, it was a great, great storyline with the resistance. But I think more than anything, what stole it is the relationship between John and his father. Uh, Carl Lumby, who is the actor that played his father, did a fantastic job of portraying his father. And I'm looking forward to seeing what they're going to do with him now that his father is on Earth. Are yeah. They, are yeah. they going to utilize him at all? Or is he just going to take like a background now and just be like, hey, okay, he's on Earth. He John knows he's safe. 
Uh, or is he going to play a part in the story? We, we don't know at this point, but it's going to be very interesting to see what comes of it. Yeah, I'm actually really curious to see what that is. But I got to say, too, there was that moment with them at the very end uh, when, uh, you know, they reveal that, you know, John did bring his father home. He's no longer on, on Mars. And it, they're just and pretty much under an overpass. And it's just him picking up that, like, little blade of, like, a weed that's there. That's that little bit of green. There's something really just magical about that sequence. I don't know what it was, but, like, my eyes were just, like, transfixed on, on the screen when that scene happened. And watching them just be like, what do we do now? It's like, now we go home. Um, man, such a beautiful ending of that episode. That was so just amazingly well done. Um, well, I, I mean, yeah, it, I, I'm know, so excited to see it. It's very akin to a prisoner getting his freedom, and that's exactly mm-hmm. what it was. He had been on Mars, uh, you know, being tortured and, and such for, what, 200 years? Yeah, they said 200 years of torture. So, so I mean, yeah, I mean, this is akin to a prisoner gaining his freedom, and it's uh, that's where the beauty in that scene lies. And now we also have the MacGuffin of probably this season, which is that staff. Uh, that staff that's probably going to come into play in a big, bad way that they brought back to Earth. Yeah, uh, that was part of the Martian lore, which is this super powerful weapon. The question is now, does this kind of fade into the background for a little while or is this something that Rain's going to get a hold of um, or is this something that they use against her? It's it, there's so many questions, but I, I don't think we saw the, the end of that that item at all. I, d- so. I don't think so either. And I'm right there with you. I think this is actually going to I think this is going to be something that's going to fall into the background for a little while. I think it's going to be one of those elements that you're going to forget about until the time comes when they need to use it. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. then that's and that's when we're going to be like, as viewers, we're all going to remember it. Oh yeah, that's right, we forgot about that because it happens so early on in the season. Yeah. So, uh, anything else about Supergirl before we move on to the next show? Uh, no, I think that really covers it. Uh, like I said, I, I really love this one. Uh, political statements aside. So. Okay. Uh, looking forward to this coming week, season three, episode four, The Faithful. Uh, Kara is going to investigate a secretive group uh, whose leader, Thomas Colville, has a mysterious connection to Supergirl. Uh, looks like we're going to get a little bit more into the uh, Samantha and Ruby storyline, as well as John confessing an old secret, which should be interesting. Mm. Uh, it also looks like um, it, it, they have John confessing an old secret, but they have David Harewood cast as Hank Henshaw. Ah. Not double cast. It doesn't look like he's not John Jones slash Hank Henshaw. He's cast as Hank Henshaw. So this may be a Hank Henshaw heavy side plot of this story. Hmm. So guess we'll have to watch and see. Yeah, totally. Uh, moving on next to The Flash Season 3, or Season 4, Episode 3, Luck Be a Lady, a new meta called Hazard, causes bad luck for Barry and the team. Harry Wells returns to Earth 1. I got a lot of notes for this episode, uh, and a lot of quick things that I just made mental notes of. I tend to do that more with The Flash than any other show, just because of how much fun the shows have been. Uh, but obviously... Um, you know, we're getting the introduction to one of the two, one of the newest rogues, which is Becky, aka Hazard. Which I want to say off the bat, bad job, bad job by Cisco. <laughs> you 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 totally you screwed the pooch on naming this one. I understand it's the name of the character from the comic book, which is why they did it. But you could I, Jinx fit so much better 
Lady Luck, something like, like that, you know? Well, just as many times as they used the word Jinx throughout this episode. Yeah. Jinx would have been a better name for this character. Yeah. Unfortunately, I think that's a character that's named already. In DC, I know. So. <laughs> I know. But, you know, I, I, I understand why they did it. But bravo to the writers, because I did do a little research on the character of, of Hazard because I wasn't too familiar. And her costume that she wears, her uniform when she's fired from the casino. Is her is, costume. Is yeah. her costume. It's pretty spot on too yeah it was they they did a beautiful job they got it dead on from that look that we saw in the 90s and man they they when i heard that they were doing this character i'm like that's i'm really curious to see how they're going to be able to pull this off and man it worked man it was such a fun episode too i i I, god man this season's been so much fun this is bringing me back to flash season one all over again yeah i and i do have to say one quick note um when we're getting the introduction to her character and we're seeing her before she gets her abilities and she's going through all the things of bad luck, uh, she orders the coffee with no milk because she's lactose intolerant. Uh, one sip of milk will not cause you to have to use the bathroom that quickly. <laughs> <laughs> so that's just a little bit of a nitpick I had with the episode she takes a sip realizes it's not milk and instantly has to use the bathroom i'm like no does not travel your system that fast <laughs> well she's got horrible horrible luck so you know. that's true that's but true. i will say the the comedic moment of her seeing her boyfriend hooking up with somebody else and she's like we're gonna talk about this in five minutes and <laughs> yeah. just darting to the bathroom was just and then, oh, that had me laughing, and then it switches to the <laughs> and then it switches to the scene of the thinker where he's like update she no longer lives with her boyfriend yep <laughs> you know which was which was so good uh, but there's obviously quite a few things that happen in this episode that we need to discuss. Obviously, we're seeing the return of Harry Wells, which I'm so happy Harry is finally back. And it looks like he's going to be back for good with the way everything planned out. And a lot of it has to do with Jesse. Yeah. Uh, the question is, are we going to be seeing Jesse at all this season? Uh, I don't know. I kind of hope we do for one in particular reason. Uh, we're seeing... That Jesse has broken up with Wally uh, due to a, bro- a a breakup cube in which I love the fact <laughs> that it's made of Atlantean plastic. Uh, we've we've got a lot of references from uh, Atlantis in Earth Two. We see, you know, obviously uh, we, we get to see it on Barry's phone when Barry first goes to Earth Two. We see Atlantis show up on a map in Earth 2, in which we see that it's actually above water, and a tourist attraction in Earth 2. So I love the fact that we got another reference to Atlantis in the Atlantean plastic, but you have a little bit of a Easter egg about that box as well. Yeah, so that the, the breakup cube, uh, one of the things that had me kind of laughing is I was looking at him holding this little gray box, and uh, they're discussing it, and like I'm missing everything he's saying, and I'm like, wait a second, I know that box. And I walk into the other room and I'm like, holy crap, we have that box. Uh, this is a steampunk jewelry box uh, that they painted silver. So this, that's all it is. Uh, but we have that identical one in our uh, in, in our arcade room. So <laughs> <laughs> Then I have seen the breakup box. You have. We that's, have a breakup box in our house. It's just, uh, it's just a different color scheme. That's all it is. That's so. awesome. <laughs> uh, but we did find out something very important in this episode as we were something we had – been talking about last week in that we know now that there are 12 rogues and uh, we know now why there are 12 rogues and in essence who created them in that this was actually a well we sort of know who created them we know who created them but it might not 
it was revealed at the end of the episode that it might not have been in, it might have been intentionally worked this way. Uh, this is a busload of people that were actually right to that were right next to the opening of the Speed Force as Barry escaped it, yeah, and which caused a wave of dark matter to escape with him, which caused these metahumans. So now we know that Barry, in essence, was the one that created these twelve metahumans that we're going to meet. Yeah. So, uh, which is pretty important because we were talking about that last week we didn't know if the thinker had created them we didn't know if there was another accident that had created them Uh, but it does lead me to another question that uh, i'll bring up a little bit later as we're talking a little bit more into the episode but um i'm trying to think of what um where to go because again like i have a lot of different notes um and a lot of them actually are leading closer to the end of the episode now i've pretty much covered all my notes beginning to <laughs> oh the only one i have is the the first introduction of hazard as becky ha- as hazard um and we get the sequence of all the bad luck things happening when she's walking through which is a brilliant sequence by the way it was so well done uh you know with from the guy hanging from the security camera and the security officer like choking and the coffee spilling uh leading all the way up to barry Running and tripping on marbles, <laughs> which was a great nod to something that could have happened in a comic book or a cartoon, and he even makes mention of it. Yeah, he really does, and it was kind of fantastic. My only nitpick of it, though, is that the CGI was kind of weak Yeah, on him, on him there was, falling. There was a couple shots of that. I mean, we got a little bit of that, but you know what, though? Like, I, I, every I let time it go. The flash, yeah, the, every time the Flash does that, though... It's usually because they're saving money for something big later down the road. So. Yeah, yeah. So I was fine with the the CGI being kind of weak on it. It got the point across, and I was like, okay, it's fine. Like it was still fun to watch, and such. Uh, and then you know, as the episode progresses, we get to see more and more bad luck spilling throughout the team. The house, the pipes in the in the West House are starting to burst. Um, Barry and Iris cannot find a. Uh, a wedding venue, which leads to a hysterical sequence of events of Barry and Iris in a church during oh, a funeral. Oh, God. <laughs> Dude, I have oh. to say, when Iris says, oh, that's that's a beautiful coffin. What is that, steel? Yeah. Like, I, I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, that's so, oh. that's so distasteful, but it's hysterical at the same time. Oh, just and just a priest, too. It's kind of like, what? It's like what's going to happen? And it's just the incense. The priest is allergic to and just ends up with like hives, like <laughs> yeah. massive hives all over him and about to pass out. Not only that, but when the priest says, can we clean up like the altar first? And they're like, no, no, we got this. And uh, she just turns the picture around of the guy they had just done a funeral for. Like so many quick little nods throughout that scene that just made that scene so perfect and so brilliant. And uh, yet again, another one of the things that just made this episode so much fun. Yeah, they 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 really just enjoyed themselves this time around, and I gotta commend them for it because man, it was <laughs> everything that they did in this episode was just phenomenal. Yeah, uh, but you know, I, we got to go back a little bit to the, one of the things that we didn't talk about with Jesse. You no, know, they obviously she boots. Oh yeah, okay. Boots Harrison from being a part of the team. Uh, they voted on voted to have him moved out and pushed out because she's built her own team around her. Now, this is a huge question for me because now I'm wondering what affiliation and what team they're talking about. I'm I'm kind of hoping, and this I even made mention of this earlier, that I'm hoping Jesse comes back again, and this is the reason why. 
I'm hoping this is an introduction to Quake Industries. This very well could be, and the team wise that I maybe we could see happen is this could be the conglomerate because it would make sense in this show because there's a couple people we have seen already that have had ties to the conglomerate, uh, that being Gypsy and one character that we saw as a villain on Earth 2 was Reverb. So Gypsy and Reverb were both members of the conglomerate alongside Jesse Quick. So. Well, I mean, when Harrison says that, you know, he developed this team for Jesse to work with Jesse and then they kind of booted him out of it, I didn't know if that meant it was a team of metahumans to be working with her or if it was similar to The Flash where, you know, he's just got a team behind the scenes that, you know, that help him out. I kind of took it as in that one, as in the latter. I took it as in this is a team that's working at their version of, uh, you know, at their version of Star Labs and... Whereas it was, it's Barry on Earth One with his team of like Caitlin and and Joe and Iris. Jesse is in the is in the Barry position with another team of her own. I didn't even really think of it the way you did, as if this could be a team of metahumans that have teamed up and joined up to help. And think about it: what who is one name that we know is a hero over on Earth Two right now? And this is if you want to have another way to bring him back into the mix, Citizen Cold, man, that would be oh, fantastic. Yeah. Bring him back into the Flash by using Citizen Cold from Earth 2 because we saw shots of him from uh, the crossover. So the big question is, if is because it was a brand new costume, maybe this is Citizen Cold that we're going to see. So that's possible. It's a big big possibility out there. So I'm really wondering if that's what they're going to do because we know he's, he's Earth 2, man. So big wait and see on that. But I'm excited. I'm really excited because this opens the door to a whole bunch of new metas possibly now that are teaming up with Jesse. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. I didn't even think about it that way, and now that I am, I'm even more excited for it. And I really do hope that we get to see more of Jesse a little bit later on in the season. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, as the as the show progresses, obviously there's a little bit in the middle that's not really word note wise. We we see a lot more of the bad luck, and it just does tend to spread uh, to the end where it is to the point where it could destroy the city in essence. Uh, and it's basically because Hazard is playing at a casino. She's using. Uh, you know, her luck to to win at the casino. And, you know, this is what's causing a huge stream of bad luck to go across the city, which kind of confused me a little bit. Um, you know, we're seeing this huge, uh, you know, thing of bad luck, but it seems like it's only affecting the team. I mean, there's so many other people in the casino and it doesn't seem to be affecting them at all. Oh, you saw a couple of quick shots, and I, I realized until I watched it a second time, there's a woman well, that had a, a, a jar full of winnings. Yeah, and, and then there was the, there was the girl that fell on the fire alarm, which caused everybody to leave. And, um, you know, but it was little things here and there, but it seemed like all the big stuff was happening to the team. Yeah. Uh, you know, we did see, and for the life of me now, um, uh, Cecile, you know, trip and fall on water that's leaking in the pipes. The particle accelerator is ready to explode again. And... That leads me to another question. We have now seen the particle accelerator explode twice. In Harrison gets the idea to let the particle accelerator go. It explodes again. But I don't think it's explosion in the truest sense that we had before. Because would this not create more metahumans by doing this? I Well, they said that the wave that came out basically colliding with the meta power kind of canceled each other out. Yeah, so, so it, was, it was more... Um, oh, like, uh, I think like it was hydrogen particles. It wasn't dark matter as it was last time. Right. So I, I, it's, I think it's a little bit different. So I don't think we're going to see any, any 
extrapolation on that, causing more metas. They now have their own angle with the the 12 new metas that we know about, which is what Harrison was so pissed about with that whole bus incident. So, But I love that confirmation that they saw their 12 heat signatures, so they now know there's there's 12 folks out there, definitely. So. Yeah. Um, I do know as well, one of the things I loved seeing, it was a little... Um... A little bit of a great nod to to something that happened in real life is when we do see all these bad events that are happening as the as you know they're getting ready to stop hazard at the end uh, the plane that's getting ready to crash uh, this was something even you didn't pick up on at first I had to I had to let you know but the pilot that was flying the plane was meant to be Captain Sullenberg uh, A.K.A. Sully the guy who landed the plane in the Hudson in New York when a goose. Mm-hmm flew into the engine uh that was not the real captain sullenberg i actually looked it up because i was curious if it was if they got him to play a cameo which would have been fantastic (laughs) if they did but no it's just an actor made to look like captain sullenberg um and i made a note of this too during the casino scene we saw it throughout the episode but it really stands out in the casino scene and i just made a note of this again it's something we've brought up every episode this season man barry's suit looks awesome I love that suit so much. His suit looks so good. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I never get tired of seeing it. I, I really don't. So and it still has tech in it. Yeah, it Cisco does. did not remove all the tech. Yeah, it just so, just thinned out a little bit. I'm sure. So um, so uh, leading into the end of the episode, obviously Hazard is a, has been arrested and has been gone. And I love uh, Amber Lynnbeard, who played the character too. She played the character so well. She's a comedic actress. She's a relative unknown still to this point, but I've seen her in a couple things, and I think she's. I think we're going to see more of her as time progresses, and not necessarily in the flash. Well, we're going to see her again in the flash, I'm sure, uh, reprising this role a little bit later on in the season. But I think outside of the flash, we're going to see a little bit more of her as well. Um, this was something I made a note of just because I loved it when I saw it. it. Has nothing to do with recapping the episode. It's just a shirt that I want. And I know you loved it when you mm-hmm. saw it as well. Later on in the episode, as we see Cisco and Harry having their their conversation, getting back to days of old with Harry, and when we're finding out that Harry, you know, we got the whole story with Jesse playing out, and we know that now Harry has a home on Earth One. Uh, Cisco is wearing a T-shirt that I thought was absolutely brilliant, <laughs> and I want, uh, and it just says, "Haikus are easy, but sometimes they don't make sense." Refrigerator. I am on a mission now. When we're done recording, I'm looking for that shirt. Yes. And if I find it, I will buy two of them, and we will each own one because that yes. shirt is fantastic. I, I that just had me smile. Actually, last week uh, he had a Schrodinger's cat shirt on that was the uh, Live or Dead one, and I actually own that shirt. So <laughs> uh, uh, my guess is I know exactly where they're purchasing his shirts from. And I will even confirm that while we get ready to move on to the next show. <laughs> and I will say, too, if they do have that shirt and I get it, I will make sure I specifically wear it if I am ever on stage with Carlos Valdez again. Mm-hmm. Just just because it is such a great shirt. Uh, and I loved seeing it. But, you know, um, leading up to the end of the episode, there's another one big key thing that happens in this episode that we do need to discuss. And that is Wally is leaving the show. Uh, we don't know for how long. I'm sure it's not anything permanent. Uh, but he 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 feels he has a lot of stuff he has to work out in his own life, and I can understand that. Uh, you know, coming from he's got to find a kind of a voice of his own instead of being back up 
to everything else. And I, I have to correct myself too. Sugar Lynn Beard is not Amber Lynn Beard. Is the girl? Is the actress that played Becky? Um, but he is heading off to Blue Valley for a while. Which, if you do not know, Blue Valley is the original origin place, origin city of Kid Flash. So nice little reference there that we got with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a note here that says leave it to Wells. Oh, um, figuring out that the particle accelerator will temporarily halt her powers. That was what that note was for. Um, and I was wrong. There's two big things we need to talk about. There's one more big thing that happens at the very end of the episode uh-huh. <laughs> that we do need to discuss. Um, uh, but, yeah, we see Barry or Wally is leaving. Uh a lot of notes online saying he could be heading to Titans, but we don't know if Titans is going to be tied into the Berlantiverse yet. So that's Berlanti still up. Sh- yeah, Berlanti show, but they, they've still yet to confirm it. It's kind of just like what's going to happen with Black Lightning right now. It's going to be a while. Yeah, exactly. So we don't know if that's where he's headed or not. Um, I have a feeling we're going to see him back relatively soon because we do know that the, the crossover is Barry and Iris's wedding. If he's not back for Iris's wedding, uh, you know, shame on shame on Wally. But I have a feeling he'll be back for that, at least for the crossover. At least I hope he is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but let's talk about the big thing that happens at the end of this episode, and which leads me, I do have a couple notes on this too, um, that go back to episode one that I don't know if you picked up on this or not. There are two things that happen in this episode that are tie-ins to episode one, okay. which, which leads me to believe there is more to episode one that we did not get. Uh, we find out that, uh, Joe and Cecile decide to stay in the house rather than move. Uh, and it is due to one big thing happening. And that is Cecile is pregnant. Mm -hmm. Papa Joe is going to become a Papa once again. And his look on his face was priceless. (laughs) It is so good. Um, so uh, obvi- there's uh, one big thing, obviously, another big note that's online right now is that this could be a potentially new reverse Flash in that Daniel West, who is the brother of Barry, does eventually become the the, the reverse Flash. This is obviously not anything they're going to do in a current storyline because he's going to be a baby. So this could set up something for a potential future episode. Right. Uh, but you know, who knows where we're going to see, we got to wait and see if the baby's born yet, if it's going to be, if they're going to name it Daniel, it, uh, if they do, my guess it, is yes. <laughs> I don't think that's a be. question. Yeah. Well, another theory I saw online too, is that this could potentially be a way of bringing the twins into it. Uh, in that instead of it being Barry and Iris's kids, it could be Joe's, uh, and that the twins could be related, but I don't like that. I'd rather it be Barry and Iris's kids. Yeah. I, I think we're, we'll, we'll see a nod to the tornado twins because they, they did even kind of connect that dot on uh, the first episode when they make the comment so i think it's something that if we're seeing the wedding this early on in the season i wouldn't be surprised if by the end of the season iris is pregnant yeah i can see that as a possibility too so sure. i would not be surprised about that and that's where we get the little interlock to episode one so. now on to the connection to episode one and this is something i don't know if you picked up on or not okay uh there are two elements of this episode that connect back to episode one um if you remember in episode one, when Barry returns from the Speed Force and he is speaking gibberish and he's writing in, co- in you know, in symbols on the wall, uh, one of the things that they that Cisco translates those symbols are is the is the saying, this house is bitchin said by Joe in this episode with the pipes. Yep. Yeah, and I did connect that one. So you did connect that one. The other one. 
is that Barry, in his mumblings, says, we're going to need lots of diapers. Yeah, that would not be a big shock of that's where I kind of connected. This was more than likely Cecile and Joe are having the kid. And I wouldn't be surprised if Iris and Barry are pregnant before season's end, which is there you go. That's the connection point. But this um, is but this is going into the fact that Barry's gibberish has meaning. Yeah, yeah. This and, is a premonition of sorts. Yep. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm, I think that was something that we kind of guessed. There was a lot more to that gibberish in that first episode when we talked about it. This is just getting closer and closer to those confirmations on all of those things. So, okay, I wasn't sure if you had picked up on them too when we were watching or not, but mm-hmm. uh, I didn't even pick up on them until I watched the second time through. Yeah, we did talk about the Tornado Twins in our our first episode review based off of that comment that Barry makes now with Joe and Cecile being pregnant and now my guess again, too, as you mentioned as well. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure we're going to see Barry and Iris uh, pregnant by season 10. So. Yeah. Now, I know I did a lot of talking about The Flash uh, but this time, so uh, anything from The Flash that you kind of want to bring up before we move on? Uh, we talk about next week's episode and we move on to Legends. No, actually, man, you covered everything phenomenally. I mean, like I said, <laughs> uh, I, I think really this week was – it was again, it's a continuation of that level of fun. But I love that they're not afraid to show us a little bit more of DeVoe each and every week uh, and just showing that how in touch he is with everything that went down. Like the fact that he had the knowledge of you know the Speed Force opening up and that was going to cause this situation to happen um, – it makes him a little bit more mentally scarier than I, I anticipated. So very, very curious to see how this is going to play out, though. But I'm really digging it. I'm really loving the direction of the show this season. I am, too. Uh, now, looking forward to this coming week, man. I can't wait for this week's episode. <laughs> season four, episode four, elongated journey into the night. Uh, two big things happening this episode this week. Cisco is shocked when Gypsy's father, Breacher, shows up. Uh, and uh, Barry runs into his old nemesis, Ralph Didby, uh, who we know is the elongated man. I have actually gone ahead and watched the preview. I did watch the promo for this week's episode. I try and stay away from doing that, but I did. Um, first off, this is Tom Cavanaugh's directed episode this season, so it's bound to be good. Uh, but it looks like there's a possibility that not all of the 12 rogues on the bus are going to be villains. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I think we could get some heroes out of it, and I'm pretty sure Ralph is was on and, that bus. And that's what it looks like in the promo is that Ralph's picture is put up next to uh, Becky's. So I think he was a passenger on that bus. So it looks like not every person on that bus is going to turn into one of the thinkers' rogues. They could potentially be heroes as well. Ah, yeah. Oh, so, you know, there is one final point I had. Basically, I don't know if you, you caught this too with a flash, but by uh, episode's end, man. We are back to the original team. Um, the original core of, of Flash is is the team now. And that's it. Uh, well, I think that's going to change a little bit, probably. Oh, yeah. But I mean, like, as, of, week, as but... of the end of this episode, though, that's we, we are back to Joe and Barry, Iris, you know, Cisco and Caitlin and Noah Wells. And that's it. That's where we're yeah. at. So. All right. Yeah. I didn't even pick up on that, too. But, man, uh, Danny Trejo coming into next week's episode, too. Uh, between on between elongated man Danny Trejo as Breacher and Tom Cavanaugh directing, this is going to be. I'm excited. I'm ready. I have high hopes for this episode. Mm-hmm. I really, really do. Uh, all right, let's move on to Legends of Tomorrow, season three, episode three, titled Zari. The Legends tried to protect an outlaw named Zari in order to protect a captured rogue 
in order to capture a rogue time traveler. Um, so this will be a short conversation. I yes, think. It, yes, it really will. Um, not because it was a bad episode, but just because there's not a lot of detail to go into. I definitely think next week's episode is going to be a much longer conversation um, with the tease that we got going into next week. But this week, not really a lot happening. It was an introduction to Zari, who is we now know is going to be the newest legend. She's going to be traveling with the team. And we do know now through through the course of this episode that she has a connection to Amaya somehow. Yeah, uh, it, it's those those totems are, are a big part of it. So, yeah, uh, we got a little bit more of Kuasa, which uh, which was good. But uh, to me, the shining moment of this episode really didn't have anything to do with Zari. <laughs> I know where you're or, going. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't have anything to do with Zari or Kuasa, dude. It was all Nate. Um, is yeah, that what, yeah, is that what yeah, you it, it was Nate high as a kite. This episode was just so much fun, dude. And Nate, I, Nate was, Nate was this episode for me. Yeah, I, I will say this. It was kind of funny though. My my wife, uh, you know, was watching the episode for the first time because this is the first episode she's she's seen of Legends so far this season. We've been a little bit behind on trying to play catch up together. Um, but uh, she did say too when she first saw him on screen, I was like, "Who is that?" And I'm like. That's Nate, and she's like, he needs to lay off the creatine, pretty much. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 man, he looks so weird, that bulky. I'm still not used to it. So, but yeah, it was. It's one of those man. He had so many lines this week, uh, and funny enough, the line of the week that you heard in the beginning came from Legends, and it didn't come from Nate. It was just I love that the whole Prison Break reference that Dominic Purcell makes because of you know having been from the show Prison Break. That's why we use that one. Um, but man, so many, so many great lines at one point. He's just like, I can see through my hand. (laughs) (laughs) And then at the end too, after they're done with the battle with Ava Sharp and everything. And, you know, Professor Stein says, I could use some tea. And he's like, cup of tea for Professor Stein because you're my best friend. (laughs) He's like, well, dude, Nate totally stole this episode. Oh, God, he, he had me cracking up nonstop. I will say this, though. Uh, the one thing I am a little concerned about, Kwasa doesn't seem like that great of a big bad. No. Uh, I'm a little concerned if she's going to be the big bad. I There's no part of me that is terrified of her at all. Um, uh, she seems a little thin. Um, to... uh, you know what, though? I don't think she's going to be, to be completely I hope not. honest with you. I because really hope not. we're seeing a lot of talk uh, and a lot of dealings with these totems. And let's not forget, another person who we know is going to show up who deals in a totem is Damien Dark. And I don't think Kuasa is going to be the only big bad we're going to see this season. I think we're going to see a lot more with these totems play into the big bad than the actual characters. Yeah, I do too. So at least that's the way I'm hoping they go with this is that we're going to see more with these totems play into it than the actual characters themselves. Yeah. Like I said, it's, it's kind of sad. I really, you know, we have the introduction to, to, you know, well, it's always hard not to call her ISIS, but Zari now, um, I'm a little concerned on her too. She also seemed like a very thin character and not very interesting. So, um, but you know what, like I said, I was a little concerned when Amaya first came in and she seemed kind of thin and, but I ended up really enjoying her character and really loving her a lot. Uh, as part of this team, so I'm curious to see um, how much they can make, uh, you know, Zari uh, an integral part of the team. But right now, it feels 
she feels like a severely odd man out in this mix right now. She just does not feel like she belongs into this. Um, so, but I, I, again, we were very early on into her introduction. So, well, we're still very early on into the season as well, and Absolutely. it's it's one of those things that I feel like. I hate saying it about this show because I do love this show and I think, you know, season two was great. And I feel like they're almost struggling a little bit to not with the story, not getting the story um, written, but getting the story started. Um, it feels like they're very they're at a very slow start off the gate. Mm-hmm. Um the shows have still been a lot of fun. Obviously PT Barnum and you know what was a lot of fun story last season. <clears throat> and you know we're getting more out of these anachronisms, and we're um, uh, we're going to see more and more of them again. Especially like I said, with next week, we're we're going to see a big one. And I I don't know. I'm I I gave it a hero, and I wanted to give it more, but yeah, it just seemed like there's just it was a very thin characters, like you mentioned. But the episode itself was kind of thin. Yeah, it was. It was, you know, it was a very by the numbers. It's what I expect for a throwaway episode for this show. That's exactly what it felt like. But, you know, it feels like that was for introducing a new team member that needs to hit home. And it just didn't. Um, Nothing seemed like it landed quite as well. It was where it needed to be. But thankfully, again, uh, Nate stole the show and and made it an enjoyable watch. I will say this. The Time Bureau stuff has been really fun. uh, And I'm enjoying Ava Sharp versus, you know, the Legends team. uh, And just watching that play out. But I'm really looking forward to seeing where that angle goes to. Um, the biggest concern and worry right now is Kawasa and now Zari. So hopefully that comes around. But I will say next week, man, I am I'm so ready for the episode coming up. Oh, God. Um, just even just the teaser that we got into next week's episode. Obviously, we knew that this episode was coming because we knew that there was casting for uh, Ray Palmer's mother for an 80s set episode. And... Uh, I knew it was coming right off the bat because when we see the kid riding the bike, I don't know if you picked up on this or not, it's a nice nod music-wise to E.T. Yes, it is. Uh, okay, so you did pick up on that. Good. I did. Oh, dude, uh, it's it's 80s pop culture, man. I am I am all, all on top of that. So, And it looks like, yeah, it's, uh, you know, we might as well just go into next week's episode because, again, like you said, it was going to be a short conversation about Legends. Still a good episode, but just nothing too strong. Um and you know what? Talking about the the bureau stuff, I love the stuff they're doing with the bureau. I think it would have almost been a more fun season to just have the whole season be a, a race to see which ones could correct time faster. Ah, oh, Cannonball Run season exactly. of, of oh god, that you know awesome. the legends <laughs> versus the time bureau. Who can fix time faster? I think you could have had so much fun with a season of that. Yeah, because this show really it feels like it doesn't need this massive over arc. Just have fun. This yeah. is like what would be a perfect one-shot comic books instead of this big, huge thing. Legends is the show to do that on. And I think they have the most fun is when it doesn't tie too in-depth. Uh, and they just let them go crazy. So Yeah, I mean, and if you want to have a big bad, you know, by the end of the season, that's great. You can slowly develop it over and then have it be that, you know, everybody has to join forces, the Time Bureau and, the and you know, the Legends to in order to stop it and fix history one last time. But, uh, you know, you put it... The way you did with a Cannonball Run series uh, season of the show. Just have the two against each other. I think that would have been so much better for the show from what we've been getting so far. But, again, that's not to say what we're getting so far isn't good. 
Yeah, no, absolutely, it, absolutely. It just, I think it would have been a little bit better. Uh, but looking forward to next week, Season 3, Episode 4, Phone Home. There it is. Uh, the legends go back to 1988 to save Ray when they realize he'll die because of their breaking time. Uh, and it looks like this does have to do with an alien as well. It does. And I love, too, when they show that shot in the tube. It looks kind of like that sequence in NeverEnding Story of just seeing, you know, the wolf's head talking to Atreyu when you just see the eyes. Uh, there was a lot of little vibes like that. And I know we're getting into Loria next week, the whole nine. So I am just ready. Oh, <laughs> so me too, man, between the flash and legends oh, Tuesday night is going to be, uh, it's going to be a fun I'm, night. I'm going to be glued <laughs> to my screen as I'm watching these shows. Uh, last up, we have Arrow, Season 6, Episode 3, titled Next of Kin. A rogue black ops team led by Onyx breaks into Cord Industries and steals something lethal. Oliver struggles to connect with William, so he reaches out to a surprising source for help. Um, you you warned me of this before uh, I watched it. Mm-hmm. Uh, first off, I want to say, too, one key thing about this episode is we have seen James Banford as the stunt coordinator. We've seen him as a director. Uh, I think this is his production. Uh, this is his debut as producer mm-hmm. on a show, on an episode as well. So, man, he is building up quite uh, a resume when it comes to the Arrowverse, and I'm loving it. He is the first person we ever talk to from these shows, and I'm so happy to see he's kind of branching out and doing other things when it comes to this. Uh, but again, going back to my point I was saying, too, you warned me of this beforehand, um, and it's something that I know fans out there are clamoring for, and we're just kind of totally, we're not totally against it, but we're getting tired of it. Uh, it happens by the end of the episode. I know I'm jumping to the end. But hey, and let's just let's just rip that just band-aid off, it, please. Get it out of the way now. Alicity <laughs> so. back in full effect. Can we please I know fans want this and I know they get all up in arms when Oliver starts seeing somebody else, like when he was dating the, the reporter last season and you know, everything else. And they like they go off on the actors when you know Arrow when Oliver and Felicity aren't together and Alicity isn't a thing. Stop shoving it down our throats. Oh, like, man, I, like, I, I'm getting I, so tired of it. Stop focusing on a relationship between Oliver and Felicity and focus on the storylines of the characters. I don't care who Oliver is seeing. It's not important to the story. Well, I mean, it could be important to the story if done right. But do we have to? They're becoming the Ross and Rachel of Arrow. Yeah, you're right. That's kind of the way of putting it. And like, you know what? <sighs> You know what? Show me the Felicity story that they've been starting to build up of her and Curtis. I want to see that develop. Not not going back to the well for like, what, the fourth time now? This is getting old. And it it feels like they're running out of ideas of what to do with relationships on these characters. Just bring in somebody new or just don't do one. Why do we have to keep doing this over and over and over? Why do they have to be in relationships? I mean, we already know that one of the key points of this is that Oliver is trying to build a relationship with his son. Focus on him being a father. Because that stuff's been good. That's... And he, do, he doesn't have to be in a relationship to be a father. Like, let him focus on being a single father and go from there. We don't need a fourth time back, a revisit to Alicity. Yeah, it's it's getting old hat really quick. Uh, we we were getting tired of it last year, the year before that. It's just it, the on again, off again. It's just if you're going to do it, just just stay with it and don't do it. It don't. Break out of it again and start it up again. Just make yeah. a damn decision and go. It's just I'm tired of having this conversation about that 
problem on the show, and it, the the writers are they just feel lost every time that they bring it back up. It, they just feel so incredibly lost on what to do with those two characters. Just let it go back to being what it was. It doesn't matter at this point anymore. But if you're going to have them as a couple now, you can't break them up again and you know have this build up of, of, of now what a fifth time or something because it's 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 you just can't do it anymore. It's getting really just just obnoxious at this point. But you're right. You, I've, ne- I've never thought of it any other way. But you're right. It, it is the Ross and Rachel of Arrow. They're so. the Ross and Rachel of Arrow. I mean, and it's it's getting to the point where it's just annoying at this point. I mean, the episode in itself was okay. It was a great episode. It, you know, it got heroes from us instead of legends this week. Uh, but uh, it was still a high hero f- from me. But you know, you ended this high episode. Uh, you know, this decent episode on such a low point. Like, why did you have to end it with a with with Elicity coming back. Well, you get one more scene. That's the the bigger shock of it all, but not really. Uh, you know, the stuff that we see with dig. Oh yeah. 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 But yeah. like, uh, but yeah. still that uh, for that, one of those final closing moments of the episode, you're right. That was just, that's a real quick way to kill momentum really fast. Yeah, um, exactly. And I can say this now too. I mean, we haven't even brought this up, but not having flashbacks. has been really nice, man. I've really enjoyed not having them anymore. Uh, they, we haven't gotten a single one in three episodes. We're getting a chance to really focus on some of these characters, really do stuff with them, and it's it's helping develop characters that didn't have a lot of development. Like we're seeing a lot more of Dinah, um, which is a good thing. I, I'm enjoying her character. We're seeing a lot more of these other slow moments that are working to help, like you know, like evolve some of these characters. And it's it, it's a really positive thing that they're doing this season. I will say this now though, uh, and we're now three episodes in. I do not think that this is going to match the caliber of season five. I really don't. Um, we, I was so so hooked already at this point in season five, season six. While they're changing tones and stuff like that, I will say I don't think it's going to match the caliber right now. I, I'm still a little concerned. So okay, I mean it's a fair it's a fair assessment so far. I mean it, to me, we're still very early on. Yeah, absolutely. But- but you're right. I mean, season five was such a phenomenal season that I, it's going to be tough. It's, you know, for... I, I look at season five of Arrow and season one of The Flash is the gold standard that all comic book shows should be based off of. And I just don't know. When we ask the question, how are they going to top this? I don't think they can. I don't think they're going to be. I don't think they have it in them yet. I think next season, if they're still going with Arrow, I think they could. But I think because now they're, they're, they're lightening the mood a little bit, they're trying to change some things up. Uh, they added a couple new wrinkles. I don't think they're really going to be able to know what to do with that until next year. Okay. Um, let's jump into the meat of the episode. Obviously, we're getting uh, a new Arrow uh, in that Diggle has officially taken over as Green Arrow. We start off the episode right off the bat with him in that role. Um, and I have to say, too, we didn't mention this last week. And I don't know if it was in episode one. I don't know if it was in the premiere or not. But I'm digging that each character gets its own symbol in the opening now. Yeah, I do dig that too. I noticed that like two weeks ago, and I don't think I caught that in the uh, the premiere, but I really love that that's there now. Yeah, that, it's really cool. And obviously, I think this week the Spartan one was removed because now Diggle is the Green Arrow. He is not Spartan. And I know you said this last week that you thought it was going to be a one and done, and I said I didn't think so. It looked like it was going to be a couple episodes. Looks like I was right. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It sounds like they're, they're they said we're going to see it for at least a few. I don't think it's going to go beyond three. Um, 
maybe four at the most. I, I don't think it could because I think we're going to see Arrow back in. I think we're going to see Oliver back in the suit by the crossover. Oh, oh absolutely. I don't think that's a question. Which um, is only, which is what, four weeks. So, I mean, maybe two or three more episodes at the most of this uh, happening, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, let's get into the, there's that other big stinger. Cause you know, obviously one of the big things we see is, uh, some great sequences. And I love the little joke about, you know, Ollie coming to see John and watching him brood and then yes. making that comment. I thought was, it was a great assessment of, uh, it comes with the job. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but like I, I, watching the team kind of turn on dig a little bit was interesting to watch, but you know, obviously they all gain his respect back, back by, you know, the end of the episode, uh, but leads us to something kind of interesting is John basically uh, taking some kind of formula to help with his, uh, you know, the nerve damage in his arm. Uh, my big guess, and I don't know if this is your thought right now, but that very well could be uh, some kind of Miracure serum, maybe still I on was, the street. I was thinking the same thing. First thing I thought of when I saw that was I was thinking it, be, it could be Miracure. Uh, the only other thing I could think that they might do and maybe they would have some fun playing with is uh, Venom. Venom could be a really cool thing to toss in here, too. But I Oh, Diggle becomes Bane! Oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, But no, my, my guess is Miraku and our, our Kuru, and I think we're going to see him start mentally breaking a little bit like Slade. Because we do know Slade will be back into the picture soon. So he might be a voice of reason, actually, that talks to him about getting away from that because of what it does to you. So yeah. that's a possibility. So it's a big wait and see because we know he's coming back into the fray soon because Ollie's going to do some work with uh, tracking down Jericho. So, uh, yeah, I mean, and it could be this. This could be something that plays into obviously. Yeah, we're going to see Slade in about two weeks. He's going to be coming back into episode five because it's going to be the Deathstroke Returns episode, mm-hmm. and I think it's a two-parter. Um, I, th- I think uh, the episode afterwards is is also going to be a Deathstroke episode, but I'm I'm not looking too far ahead because I don't want to. Too many spoilers. Um, but yeah, it could definitely play into that in that this could be one of the reasons why Deathstroke comes back is this could be Mirakuru. It could be something completely new for all we know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it doesn't look like it's anything simple. No. This isn't like just something in a little syringe that he's plugging into his arm to help. There's something deeper to this drug that he's taking. It's just a matter of waiting it out and finding out what it is. Um, exploring a little bit more to the episode, too, we mentioned that this was a um, – we got a lot of talk of Cord Industries and such in this episode. You made an interesting prediction to me over the course of the weekend, and I want you – and I think it's a very elaborate, in a good way, prediction. I think it's a strong prediction. Uh, I want you to dive into that a little bit more because if this is something that comes into play, if this is something that happens – um, this show is going to gain some, this season is going to gain some major points. Yeah, so we've known for a while that Michael Emerson's joining into the fray. And one of the things they've teased us since, like, season one, I mean, like, Court Industries has been a big proponent, but they talked a lot about the CEO of Court Industries in this episode. And I mean a lot. Go back and watch it. You will, you will see and hear Curtis and Felicity talk about it at great lengths. Oliver talks about it the whole nine I'm wondering if Ted Kord's coming in the season and it's Michael Emerson because we know he's not playing Richard Dragon. That's uh, Kirk uh, Asveto, I think, is uh, the one that's playing Richard Dragon this season. So it, my guess is, man, this uh, this is – there's a lot of discussion right now. They, kind of the way that they brought up Ted Kord, like not Kord, but the CEO of Kord um, as being um, a very intense individual. 
I mean, obviously, you know, we know that's not the Ted Korg we know from the comics, but you know, there's no no saying that this might not lead to an introduction of Ted Kord. So, uh, but I would love to see if if, if this is Michael Emerson's role that we're going to see him play this season. I would really, really love for it to be this character, and I would love for them to just be like catch you off guard, and you see Michael Emerson play somebody that's fun and lighthearted and goofy because nobody would expect it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, because he always plays like these complicated characters, or and sometimes even villainous characters. Obviously, from Lost when he played Ben Linus, uh, he was a little bit of a backup person in Person of Interest, and he wasn't necessarily bad, but he was still a very complicated character. Uh, yeah, but it would be interesting to see him play. Like you said, a character that's very lighthearted and and fun like this. And even if he is Ted Cord, and for those of you that don't know, you know, obviously Blue Beater, he, he could be retired at this point. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't – you could have him play Ted Cord and not be the Blue Beetle, which I think would be the smartest route to go with an actor like Michael Emerson. Yeah, like he's just this dude that has a ton of money and dumps it into tech, which is a thing that we've seen in Arrow from the start. You know, Queen Consolidated, you know uh, – just Palmer Tech, all these things. This is a great opportunity if you wanted to to have a character like Blue Beetle enter the fray. I mean, you think about it. They said, you know, and set up Rachel Ghoul in you know episode like the first season of the of of Arrow, and they kept using it and saying it over and over and over again. And they said eventually this, they asked for it and they got to do it. Uh, there's no reason at this point that they can't bring a character like Blue Beetle into the mix. There's no reason that they can't. Uh, they've they've been able to bring such major characters like they brought in Superman for Christ's sake. There's no reason yeah. DC should 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 say uh, a no to Ted Cord at this point in time. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like I said, and if you bring him in as Ted Cord and not Bloom Beetle, there's no reason why you can't bring him in. Right. You could just have him have the scarab, and that's it. And it's in a case. And maybe if you want to do something interesting, hey, introduce a character by the name of Jaime Reyes, and just. You don't have to do anything with it yet, but just you know, leave that seed there. I would love to see that done. Done, like you know, maybe maybe make him a lighthearted character. But when it comes to business, he's pretty he's pretty tough as nails. But just make him a multifaceted character, and I would love to see Emerson play that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one of the things I made a note of too in this is I loved we got a second mention of Oracle in this. Episode. <laughs> yeah, on the uh, on the uh, on the clear board. <laughs> so yes, when Felicity was talking to Oliver about what they should name her and Curtis's company, uh, Oracle was written in big black letters and crossed out, mm-hmm. uh, obviously because it was already being used. Yeah. <laughs> um, I only, really only only have one other note for this episode, and then I'll leave it to you for anything we may have forgotten. But um, you know, the this FBI agent who's been investigating Oliver into being Green Arrow, and now. Uh, you know, she obviously makes the point that there were no arrows fired in the battle, you know, in the opening scene, which I'll leave it to you to talk about the hotel scene, because um, that was a pretty awesome scene. Um, but we find out by the end of the episode, she's still on to Oliver, and she's not only on to Oliver, <laughs> she's on to John. Yeah. Uh, she's on to John being the potential replacement. So whoever this agent is. Uh, she's smart. Yeah, and she... And Oliver de- all, Oliver definitely has his work ahead of him to get ahead of and him. And all of the associates, all of the known associates, all tied to that. Like, everybody was on that board. Everybody was on that yeah. board. So that was kind of interesting. The only other real small thing we, we missed before I can bring up one of my favorite things I think I've ever seen in one of these shows, um, and we didn't even talk about it last night. I hinted at it, and we, I was like, just watch it, and you'll see. Um, but the this new anti-vigilante... Uh, vote that's going to come into play, uh, basically saying that the cops of Star City can't do their job. 
and they're trying to enact a new ruling saying vigilantes are not welcome in the city. But Ali is now making it a public decision and a vote. Um, but this is kind of bringing, bringing him a little bit closer to the version of the Green Arrow that we know in the comics. He's kind of more the Robin Hood type, so uh, but the liberal kind of Robin Hood. So I'm kind of curious to see if this is kind of that move towards that version of the character. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I, I like what they did with that scene too. Um, you know how and how even Renee says to Quentin at the end, like, "What is this?" And you know, Quentin's like, "It's a stay of execution." Yeah. You know, this buys them some time, and it puts the vote now into the public instead of into the council. So it'll be very interesting to see what's going to play out through this season because I don't think this vote that's going to happen is probably going to happen until closer to the end of the season. That's at least my that's that's what I yeah think. Uh, or it could be sooner than we think. It's a big uh, big question of how that's going to play in. Uh, but the one thing I got to bring up though is my final point was there was a fight sequence in this this episode that is I think the closest thing I can say is the hallway sequence from season one of Daredevil. But it all takes place around a limo, and holy crap, was that shot beautifully, where you're <laughs> just seeing all this motion from a, a scared person that's being hunted down, uh, and watching as Onyx and, uh, you know, the Green Diggle, uh, <laughs> it's kind of, you know, duking it out around the limousine where you're just seeing windows bust out. Uh, knives come through at random points, but the way it shoots and moves around everything that's happening was so beautifully and i mean beautifully shot um i was really just blown away by that sequence it was just i think one of the greatest you know action sequences uh that was shot on the show i mean it was just this one fluid camera movement and it does there's just never there's never a cutaway in this it doesn't look like and yeah just just gorgeously done yeah and this show has we've we've said it time and time again i think we've said it every week so far this this season this show, man, when it comes to the action sequences, this show hands down has them. This is the 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 premier show when it comes to what these action sequences are, and it's not taking away from any other show. But Arrow just is a far notch ahead of any of these other shows when it comes to the sequences that they put on. Yeah, screen. I mean, Legend had a great one on the premiere with the or the the second episode with the the you know the the, the amazing fight between Ava and 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 Sarah, but. And this yeah. uh, this show it, it it rarely disappoints when it comes to a fight. So, yeah. Um. So anything That's else it. on Arrow before we? All right. Uh. Next week, looking ahead, or this coming week, looking ahead, rather, season six, episode four, Black Siren launches another attack on Star City just when Oliver has gotten things in order. Uh, so we're going to see the return of Katie Cassidy as Laurel Lance, aka Black Siren. Uh, we're still going to see. Uh, Diggle in the the role of Green Arrow. As we said, it's probably going to be a couple episodes that we're going to be seeing this. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're going to see uh, where this goes from here. I have to say, too, that as this season goes on, uh, I'm really... He was already kind of a favorite character of mine last season, but I'm really, really liking Renee more and more mm-hmm. uh, as this season goes on. So it's he's quickly becoming one of my favorite characters on this show. So, uh, all right, uh, that does it for the recaps of the shows this week. So, Rob, uh, I know we're only a couple news stories this week, so I'll turn it over to you. To uh, very late, but let's kick off with The Flash this week. And uh, we got a nice little tease for an upcoming episode. We're going to see uh, 
the Council of Wells, which is just... I can't wait. Obviously, the writers <laughs> of The Flash obviously watch Rick and Morty, I'm thinking. So, <laughs> uh, I have a feeling it's just going to be very interesting to see what happens with uh, with Harry, as I guess he is uh, forced to face the Council of Earthwells from all... Uh, well, like, sorry, not Earthwells. Harrison Wells from all over the multiverse. So, this is just going to be something awesome. And I can't wait to see how this plays out. But I love this concept. I think this is so great that they, they took from a show like Rick and Morty. And it just fits so beautifully in, uh, in in The Flash. So I am highly, highly looking forward to that. But it sounds like we don't have to wait very long. This episode will be showing on November 14th. It says when Harry met Harry. So <laughs> That's awesome. So, all right, let's move over to Arrow real quick. Speaking of uh, Richard Dragon, jumping back into him real quick, as we mentioned um, it's also not going to be a long wait until we have to uh, wait and meet the big bad of this season. And that is going to be on November 16th, so the same week, which is the episode title is called Promises Kept. So we will be seeing our first appearance uh, of uh, Richard Dragon. So, and, uh, and it does say at this point in time, though, too, um, it sounds like this is when we may see Diggle taken out of the mix with this. Because uh, it sounds like we will know that as of November 16th's episode, it sounds like he's still the Green Arrow at that point in time, because it says it sounds like he will actually be facing off against Richard Dragon. So uh, it's uh, going to be interesting. I think that's going to be the last episode before the crossover, too, because the following week is Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah. so, um, yeah, because it says uh, right off the bat in this uh, thing, it says Oliver makes a big decision in this episode. It says as Slade continues to under- uncover clues about his son's last few years, Oliver makes a big decision. Meanwhile, the Green Arrow leads the team to a battle against the dragon. And it does say in this, it says the green arrow, and then next to it says David Ramsey. Uh, and this is a villain who is stealing valuable tech in Star City. So this is going to get cool. Uh, so right. I'm excited to see. But uh, yeah, like I said, it sounds like a little bit longer to still go with, uh, with Dig. So at least we got a couple more weeks coming up. All right, jumping to Injustice, because it's been a while since we talked the game. Uh, there is now the video for Hellboy is out there on our Facebook page. So if you haven't checked it out yet, man, it uh, it looks fantastic, um, especially when you see his ultimate. Because man, it's uh, it's pretty damn it, you know spectacular. But we see uh, you know him and the uh, the good Samaritan in uh, in his grips. So lots of characters with guns now in uh, Injustice. But man, this is uh, this is looking great. They did say, hey guys, uh, by the way. Just a reminder, the announcement on Fighter Pack 3 is coming up, and they said, just wait, because you've seen nothing yet. We know the Atom is part of it, but those other two characters, they say they are uh, they were saving the best for last. So, um, so big wait and see, but I would expect we'll hear about that in the next week or two. Uh, but we do know uh, right now, too, one of the other things that we can talk about moving into the movie universe is that if you want to hear the first track from Danny Elfman's uh, Justice League score, it is now online. You can also now check that out on our Facebook page that was posted a couple days ago. Really good hero theme, so check that out. Uh, I listened to it, and it does sound yeah, good. Yeah, a lot of nice nods. Not very dark. It's actually, it actually kind of has a nice little light feel to it, which is pretty cool. Um, and also, as far as Justice League is concerned, if you haven't done so yet, tickets are now available for Justice League. Uh, I will say this, though. Uh, the film is currently tracking only just above Wonder Woman ahead, so it is definitely below Suicide Squad at the, the time of, I think, just a day or two ago, and definitely below BBS. So, um, you know, maybe we're starting to see a little bit of that superhero fatigue starting to set in, because I was hearing similar things about that with Thor. So, 
All right. Although Thor is Thor's at like a ninety-seven percent on. Yes, but as far as uh, ticket sales, so. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. All right, and uh, speaking of some things that were happening around uh, DC films, there's one thing that we have to bring up because we've been talking about it for a while and hope and pray. But uh, it seems like Jeffrey Dean Morgan decided not to answer a specific question when asked if he would be playing Batman in Flashpoint. And uh, they definitely said he definitely changed the topic pretty damn quick uh, when that was brought up. So, uh, yeah, I'm really, really looking forward to seeing if this is indeed true. But, yeah. Oh, I hope it happens. Because this happened on Jimmy Kimmel Live when when that was brought up and said – he said, oh, he uh, he knew nothing about the film, but uh, for fans hoping to see him don the, uh, the Crusader's cow, he said his previous reaction appeared to speak volumes. <laughs> so it'll be it'll be interesting, too, because he was at uh, my actually my friend. I'm, I'm friends with the guy who moderated his panel today at Walker Stalker Atlanta. So I'm going to have to reach out to Dave to see if anybody happened to ask him about this in uh, Atlanta this weekend and see what his reaction to that question yeah. was. And last but not least, the uh, the casting that some people have been waiting for quite some time. We now know who is going to be indeed playing Shazam, and that is none other I am than st- Zachary. I'm so stoked Levi. about this! I'm so stoked about this. So, uh, but yeah, so Zachary Levi has officially announced that he is indeed playing the character, and he said he is beside himself with gratitude, not only for the opportunity, but for this incredible outpouring of love and support from so many of the fans out there in the world. Uh, he said, now if you go, excuse me, I will be in the gym for the rest of forever. <laughs> so, <laughs> Dude, Zach, I've I've never met Zach. Um, I'm hoping to in San Jose in December. Um, but everything I've seen, he's such a humble guy. Uh, I don't know. Did you ever watch Chuck? I have not. Chuck is still to this day one of my all-time favorite television shows. I love Zach Levi so much. I'm I, when I saw that he was cast, he wasn't even anybody that was on my radar for this. But the moment I saw that he was cast, I think I almost squealed. And I, I, um, if people haven't seen it too, there's an amazing artist out there by the name of Boss Logic. Uh, if you find him on Twitter, just it's B O S S L O G I C, and he did this gorgeous, and I mean gorgeous, uh, rendition of his own version of Zach Levi as Shazam, and it looks just breathtaking. So and just knowing what I know of Zach, um, he is going to it, this is pretty close to perfect casting. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm, I'm really excited just because, again, it's it's he's still a kid that just becomes this character. So it's I, I think this will this will be kind of this is just fall perfectly. So, yeah. So but that does it for the news this week, guys. Uh, all right, cool. Let's make a couple recommendations, talk uh, a little recap of Extra Life, and we'll get out of here after, with cheap plugs. Uh, my two recommendations I'm going to make this week are uh, one is DC-related. The other one is not. Actually, they're both kind of technically not DC-related. Uh, one of them is directed more towards you. Actually, they're both kind of towards you, Rob. <laughs> uh, first off, watch Chuck. Fair. Uh, with this introduction of Zach Levi into uh, Shazam, if you really want to get a feel for the character that he'll be portraying in Chuck or in in Shazam, uh, watch Chuck. You'll you'll get a real good feel for it. Uh, and two, uh, not DC related at all, but still something you should do. Stranger Things season two is out. I am already done. <laughs> I I, <I'm... laughs> I finished it. I finished it in. It's nine hours. I finished it in about. Um, 
I finished it in about 15 because I fell asleep in between episodes uh, four and five. And I did see your post saying um, make sure you take a break uh, before episode if, five. If, if you are going to break, break by the end of four because once you start five, you are in it until the end. Yeah. Uh, I did watch episode one. I'm very intrigued. And it is better than season one. I love the first episode. I probably will be going back and watching episode one uh, with my wife. And uh, we'll probably be diving back in. But, man, I almost did not recognize Paul Reiser. <laughs> so, uh, no. And, yeah. and Sean Astin in this, too. That's just fantastic. Yes, it's great is. to see both of them. As Bob. Bob. <laughs> so, yep. um, but, yeah. No, I'm, I'm incredibly excited to, to continue on with this. Uh, that may be part of my day tomorrow. I actually took off of work um, just to kind of chill and relax. So it's a really hard call. What do I do? Mario Odyssey or Stranger Things? So. Oh my God! Speaking of, I've been playing that today oh, too. That's fantastic. So that I went a little, I went a little time today without uh, internet at my at my apartment, and I ended up using that time to play Mario Odyssey uh, and rewatch some of the shows. And um, I'm already a little ways into Odyssey, and it is gorgeous. And honestly, uh, my recommendation of this week uh, again is Mario Odyssey. It, again, not DC related at all, obviously, but I <laughs> don't think I've smiled this much uh, from a uh, Mario game since Mario 64. So, uh, pretty yeah. pretty awesome, and uh, it, it is well deserving of the amazing amount of tens out of tens we've been seeing, and it is now the highest rated game on Game Rankings which is an aggregate site, so uh, and that is ever. So props to Nintendo yet again for the second 10 out of 10 release for them in uh, in year one of the Switch, which is just incredibly crazy to say. So First being Zelda, yeah, right? Yeah, Zelda was get, got okay. 10 out of 10s everywhere too. So huge, Played the hell out of that game Huge, too. huge props to Nintendo for just knocking the Switch out of the park. But uh, It's funny, I, I, I have to leave work tomorrow for a couple hours to go to a doctor's appointment, and I'm making sure I take my Switch with me to work. So that I can play Mario Odyssey when I'm sitting in the lobby nice. of the Doctor. Uh, and I guess the last thing we got to say before we get out of here. Uh, well, actually, two quick things. First off, uh, big special thanks to George Shaw at GeorgeShawMusic.com for the tunes that you get to hear every week in this episode. Or episodes in these episodes. Blah. <laughs> so, uh, but last <laughs> but not least, um, as a reminder, always Extra Life uh, is coming up in just two weeks. Um, it's, it's crazy to say that because, man... It feels like I've already had one extra life already because uh, <laughs> we we did a small one for for our good friend Bill who's on the Caffeine Crew for uh, his upcoming uh, wedding this week. Uh, but yeah, it was uh, that was a precursor to one of my favorite things in the world to do. We are so close to five grand. Uh, just a reminder to everybody: www.extra-life.org. I can remember it because I haven't had a drink if you didn't watch that video. So, um, But on the upper right-hand corner of that page, it says search for players. Uh, if you search Ben, B-E-N, space Beck, B-E-C-K, uh, you will find Ben's uh, name there. And just make sure you send him a donation of any amount that you would like. Uh, even a dollar is a, an amazing thing that you can do. Uh, but if you can, please make sure you share that out to friends. We will make sure... We will put uh, Ben's normal link up uh, like crazy uh, with no videos or anything attached. It's a straight-up link on our page. Uh, but please make sure to donate to that. Make sure in your message you write DC Primetime. That way you get entered into the raffle. For every $10 is one entry. For every 50 is 10 So uh, lots of great things, lots of great prizes from our good friend George Pal- uh, Sorry, George. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sorry. We'll start that again. I'm not George Shaw, but uh, Drew Powell. I was trying to combine names that didn't work. 
<laughs> but Drew Powell for uh, signing off on that headshot and that special mug that Ben had made up of that that stagled uh, Solomon Grundy mug, the only uh, only second one that will ever exist, the only other one Drew has and drinks from, which is phenomenal, but also some great artwork from our good friend uh, at uh, you know Odyssey Art, which is Brian's role. So please make sure to check out stuff to them or just drop them both a line on Twitter and saying thanks for uh, – helping out with Extra Life and being a part of it. And you can be a part of it, too, if you want to uh, enter into the fray for game day. Actual real game day is this coming week. Feel free to shoot me a message on uh, on Facebook. I'll be more than help, happy to help set you up and get you started. Um, but, yeah, like I said, just a week away for everybody. But for us, two weeks out, uh, like I said, game day for us is on the, uh, uh, the 10th into the 11th. So we will talk to you guys more about that again next week. Yeah, man. Uh, so cheap plugs, and we'll get out of here because I got dinner cooking in the pot, in the uh, the crack pot. Um, obviously, you can find this podcast as well as all other podcasts that are a part of the Next Level Podcast Network uh, on nextlevelradioonline.com. And, of course, our Facebook page, facebook.com slash nextlevelradioonline. Facebook page for this podcast in particular, which we've mentioned already earlier, but we'll mention again, facebook.com slash Time. And always for me, you can find me through Next Level at the Caffeine Crew Cast of Pods. We will be doing our Halloween episode tomorrow night. So that hopefully, if memory, if well, if my brain allows me to, I will do my best to have that up for Halloween. So if not, just a day or two after. So you get a little extra Halloween throughout your week uh, from the Caffeine Crew folks. So I hope you guys enjoy the episode. Cool. Uh, so as always, we want to thank you for being a part of the community. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. If you get the chance and you are a subscriber, please leave us a review on iTunes or Google Play, whichever one you subscribe to. Uh, but we ask that you continue to listen, continue to share, continue to be fans. We love that you are. Uh, next week, it's going to be a fun week with The Flash and Legends. And we'll, we'll, of course, we'll see where Arrow and Supergirl are going to go as well. But until that time, we'll see you guys around the bend. Take care. Peace. Peace.